all throughout Scripture, God reveals himself in these different names because he wants you to know him by those names as experience him by those names. Like, been there, done that, bought the teacher, you know, kind of, kind of experience. And, and that's what we're looking to do in this, a.k.a., a.k.a., also known as. Hey, God's known as my provider, but you know what? He, he's also known as my sustainer. He's also known as my creator. He's also known as, hey, today what I want to show you is he's also known as Jehovah Rapha, God, my, listen, my healer, my healer. Do you believe you have a God who can heal today? Some of you are like, I don't know what to say about that. Healing is one of those things. I just don't know, like, does God still heal? Hey, we're going to talk about all of that. Because what God does to, for the children of Israel is he reveals himself as healer, as healer. And I want you to understand today before you leave this place what that means for you, what that means for your life, what that means for your body, what that means for your circumstance, what that means for your situation. Your God is Jehovah Rapha. And so let's dive into our Bibles today. You're going to be over in the book of Exodus. Over in the book of Exodus. I'm going to read and then I'm going to pray. Book of Exodus chapter 15, it says this in Exodus 15 starting in verse 22. It says, Moses brought... Israel from the Red Sea. Now, pause with me for a second. God's about to introduce himself for the first time as Jehovah Rapha. And whenever we're studying a new concept, a new idea in scripture, what you want to do is go back to the very first time that it showed up, okay? Because when you first see the idea, what you're going to get in its first appearance is God's intention behind that name, behind that idea. And you could take that idea at first mention and let that then inform everywhere else that it's mentioned. Does that make sense? Is it, come on church, does that make sense? No, I'm not going to So I want to go see, where did this first show up? And that's where we're going. It first showed up, watch, after God led the children of Israel out of slavery and through the Red Sea. So it says, Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. Somebody say Shur. Shur, Shur, Shur. The wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. God just delivered them from an ocean. He, he split the sea, and now they're stuck with no water. How many of you know three days without water? You can get dehydrated. You're a little thirsty. All you want, all you can think about, I need something to drink. Well, luckily, they see a body of water off in the distance, and they run to the body of water, and they come to the body of water, and it says when they came to Mara. Someone say Mara. Mara. They couldn't drink the waters of Mara, for they were bitter. Therefore, they called it Mara. Mara, Mara means bitter. Remember the book of Ruth? She said, don't, don't call me. She said, call me Mara because I'm bitter, like Mara. So they get to these waters, they can't even drink them. Because it's, it's, man, it's just it's bitter. It's, it's unhealthy. It's, it's like, can you imagine? You, you, all you want to do is just have a drink thirsty. Water's in front of you. You can't even, can't even consume it. And so what do people do? They, people complained against Moses. They do what they do best. People just, we love to complain. I can't say, it's better, it's better in Egypt. It's better when, why'd you bring us out here? And the whole time they're complaining to Moses. Well, Moses does what any good leader should do. Here's some leadership principles. When people are complaining to you, you turn around, you complain to God. Like you say, like, like people going, I can't believe it. Like God, your people, your people again are, you know, like, 
He looked to God for wisdom. So people complained to Moses and said, what shall we drink? And so Moses cried to the Lord. And here's what God did. I want you to pay attention when we talk about it. God showed him a tree. Someone say a tree. God showed him a tree. And when he cast it, the tree, when he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. And he made a statue and an ordinance for them. And there he tested them. And he said, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, if you give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on which I had brought on the Egyptians. For I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the God who heals. The God who heals. Father, as we get into your word today, we ask that your word would get into us. God, we want to hear from you, Jesus. We, we ask, God, that you would anoint the preaching. God, I pray you'd help me out, Lord, that you'd fill my heart, my mind, God, all that's been prepped and prepared and studied for this week. But, God, even with that, Lord, alongside that, would you anoint our hearing? God, we want to lean in to hear what it is you want to say to us today. We want to press in because, God, we believe you brought us into this moment for a reason. You want to speak to us, God, so we want to hear from you. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone agreed together and said a good hearty. Amen. Come on, amen and amen. Thank you so much, Caleb. The children of Israel have just left the land of Egypt, and God is leading them toward the promised land. He set them free from, watch, there's a place over here. Do you guys see it? It's a place of slavery. It's a place of bondage. It's a, it's, a, it's a place where there is no life. It's a place where there is fear. This is a place with uncertainty. It's called the land of Egypt. Someone say Egypt. And God is leading them now toward the promised land. And in order to get them to move forward from the land of slavery, play attention, he's also got to get them to move forward from the mentality of slavery. He's got to get them to stop thinking like slaves. See, all they've ever known their whole life is slavery. All they've ever known their whole life is fear. All they've ever known their whole life is oppression. All they've ever known is that when they had a Lord, that Lord lorded it over them in such a way where, where he treated them poorly, right? And God is now going, I need to teach you something. I need to teach you that when I'm your Lord, I won't treat you poorly. That when I'm your Lord, I, I won't hold you in a place of brokenness. See, what I want to do with you, children of Israel, is I need to transition you in order to get you to move forward. I need to transition your thinking. Listen, there are some of you in here today that what's going to happen over our time together is God is going to use it to transition your thinking. The way you've been thinking about God, listen, the way you've been thinking about a particular situation right now in your life, the way you've been thinking about your circumstances, the way you've been thinking about the bitter waters maybe that are in your life. And God says, I, I want to transition you, children of Israel, from the land of the Egyptians and into my land, the land of, of the kingdom. The word sure, the desert, the desert of sure, someone say sure. The desert of sure, that word literally means it's a, it's a border around a wealthy kingdom. A sure was a border around a wealthy kingdom. God is leading them, come on, watch this, from the land of the Egyptians through the border of a wealthy kingdom, which is his kingdom, he's transitioning them. How does he transition them in the desert of Shur? He teaches them something in the desert of Shur. He reveals to him something in the desert of Shur. 
It says that he tested them. Do you see that in scripture? He tested them. You know, when, when a teacher today gives a test, they give you a test to see what's inside of you, right? I want to see what's in you. I've been teaching you all, you know, semester, whatever. Now I want to see what's in you. You know, when God gives a test, it's not to see what's in you. It's to show you what's in him, okay? You need to know that. When God is testing you and he's putting you in something, he's like, let's see how you handle this. I really hope you, right? Ensure they were tested, not because God wanted to see what's in them. They were tested because God wanted to show them what's in him. Because they needed to know what was in him if they were ever going to move forward. Come on, are you getting this? Like God was going, before we go on this adventure together, I, I need to transition you, and the way I'm going to transition you is I'm going to teach you who I am. And to teach you who I am, I'm going to lead you up. I'm going to get you real thirsty, and then I'm going to lead you up to some bitter waters, and then I'm going to heal those waters. Why? Because I am Jehovah Rapha, your healer. God says, before we move forward from this moment and transition in any other moment in your life, you need to know something about me. I'm your healer. Some of you, God is wanting to transition, and you can feel it. You know things can't stay the way they are. You know things can't keep going the way they've been going. You know you can't stay stuck in the circumstance and stuck in the situation. You can't, you can't stay stuck in the brokenness. You can't stay stuck in the land of Egypt. You can't keep being stuck thinking that way and living that way. And God is transitioning you today. And what he wants to show you in this moment, you're sitting here right now. God's brought you here right now because he wants to remind you who he is. That you would get, like the children of Israel got, a lesson that would stick inside your heart. That God is always will be my healer, right? My healer, my Rafa. So I can move forward in life, and no matter what bitter waters I come up against, I know that doesn't change God's character. The water's bitter, but my God is a healer, right? The circumstance stinks, but my God makes things sweet. That's what he's always doing, and that's what he was teaching to the children of, of, of Israel. Some of us need to make that transition in our own lives. God said to them, I am Rapha. I need you to learn that. In other words, I don't treat you like the Egyptians treat you. When you were over there, when Egypt was your Lord, they used you, they abused you, they enslaved you, but over here with me, no matter what you come up against, you need to realize, I don't treat you like the Egyptians treat you. I don't use you. God says, I'm going to bless you. I don't abuse you. I'm going to heal you. I don't enslave you. I'm going to free you. I'm Jehovah Rapha. So because that's God's character, you got to know that whatever you're in, whatever you're up against, whatever you're walking through, whatever you're facing, God's character is the same as it was before you were facing it. Come on, do you hear me? Like, did he change? No. And what is his character? He's healer. Rapha. Here, here's what the word means. Rapha, it's used over 60 times in the Old Testament. And it means that, I'm going to get them air conditioners on. I'm going to sweat all over myself. Rapha, it means this, to heal. What is God doing? He's healing. What is God doing right now? It means, it means he he mends. God is mending things. you got some things that have been ripped apart in your life. God said, I'm going to mend. Rafa means that he repairs. Rafa means he makes whole. Makes whole. He is healer. Someone say he's a healer. 
Say it like you're at Citizens Church. He's a healer. He's a healer. That's what he does, who he is. So in order for you to find your way forward, forward in your situation, forward in your life, forward in your circumstance, you got to move forward in the way that you think about God. God wants you to know he's Rafa. He's going to take you into a new way of living. Come on, this is for someone. You let this sink into your heart and your life. He's going to move you into a new way of living. He's going to transition you out of your circumstance and situation. He's going to move you into a new way of living by moving you into a new way of thinking, specifically in thinking about who God is. God is healer. This is what he's doing with the children of Israel. So typically when we think of God as healer, our mind first and foremost goes to healing in the physical, right? God is a healer. And there's, there's two major errors that are made when it, biblically when it comes to um, God healing in the physical. One is that there are those who kind of live in a, um, like almost like a name it, claim it, faith. If I muster enough faith, if I just believe enough and strong enough, then God is going to, it's like you, you almost put God in a headlock and I'm going to force him to heal. If I could just have enough faith. And I need you to understand that that's not biblical. I, I mean, Paul the Apostle probably had some faith. We at church, amen? Like, like Paul like, had faith. Paul prayed three times that God would remove uh, his ailment from him. Some, some, he calls it a thorn in his flesh. A lot of us think he was going blind uh, because of some other letters he wrote. And God did not heal him. God said, I, I'm not, uh, three times. And he kept asking, kept asking, kept asking. And you need to keep asking because God's like, no, no, I'm, do, I'm doing something else, right? So this becomes unbiblical. But then I think we can swing over here to this end where we're like, no, like healing's not for today and um, healing ceased. Some believe that healing ceased when the canon of scripture was closed and we no longer needed the apostolic ministry of healing and so that's no longer there today. But what I need you to understand, you can write this down, I'm gonna show it to you in scripture and talk to you about it, is this, that God, our healer, Jehovah Rapha, like he still heals physically. Like we know that. Jesus, it tells us about Jesus in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. It tells us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's not like when the canon of Scripture closed, Jesus lost his power to heal people. Like he was healing people while he walked the planet, and he can heal people today. God, our healer, still heals physically. Amen? I, I've seen this in my own family multiple times. Twice now, God has done miracles in our family where he has shown up and healed, okay? Um, Cadence, when she was first born, she had a hole um, between two chambers of her, of her heart, and it was a large hole, and we, she's born, and instantly we find ourselves in meetings with doctors, and they're talking about the type of surgery that gonna, they're going to perform on our just-born baby. I mean, think about, I mean, we're worried, we're concerned, we're, first thing we do as we call the church, please be praying. This is what happened. She's born. She's, uh, for the most part, healthy, but they've discovered this hole, and they've got to go in. They've got to perform surgery. Please pray. Please pray. Please pray. Doctor's like, there's no way that this is going to heal unless we perform surgery. So we're getting ready to go into that meeting. We tell the church to be praying. And you, you guys, God chose in that moment to heal our daughter. What showed up on one scan was gone in the next scan. And the only difference between the one scan and the next scan is God's people cried out to God, and he chose to intervene, and he healed our daughter. 
he healed her. Like, he just instantly healed her. The doc's like, there's no, there's no way to explain it. God healed your dog. Um, Kate Raya, or I'm sorry, Tatum, at one point had, um, all of a sudden was just in all of this pain, and we rushed her to the ER, and at the, the doctor's, they, they ran a scan, and they go, there is something um, that has either grown in, in her um, intestines, or that's, that's lodged in her in, intestines, and it, we, we don't know if it's cancerous, we don't know what it is, but after the, being there for two, two days, um, I mean, she's got tubes down her, her nose because nothing will pass, and they have to feed her that way, and th- no one can figure out what's going on. And the cat's you can clearly see it. They put a liquid inside of her, where, and it just stopped right there, and they don't know what in the world's going on. Well, I have a, a friend of mine, a pastor friend of mine, is getting ready to go preach on K-Wave, and he calls, checking in on Tatum. He's like, how's she doing? I told him, and he goes, hey, listen, here's what I'm going to do is, um, do you mind if I l- let my listening audience know? I'm going to ask them to pray. I said, please do. Please do. We've been praying. Would you do that? He jumped on K-Wave. Hey, before we get into today's, you know, um, programming, I just want to let you know, a dear friend of mine, Tatum, she's in the hospital right now. I want to ask you guys to be praying for her. Just God would, God would heal her. Can we do that real quick? And, and he used that moment to pray for her. And, and friends, all I know is what was, what showed up on one scan. They pray. It was gone by the next scan. Like, God healed her. Come on, everybody. Did you hear what I'm saying? Like, God... He still heals today. I, I have literally watched it multiple times in, in, in my home. God shows up as Jehovah Rapha, not because he's going to decide to change his character later on. <laughs> like, God is healer. He created your body. He can heal your body. So, listen, the question is, why doesn't it happen all the time? Like, if I'm God, like, I'm showing up, like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going over every hospital, and you're healed, and you're healed. You're, like, like you just, you're, you're going down from room to room, and it's healing after healing after healing. And if I'm God, that's the way I'm thinking. So, God, why is it not happening all the time? If you are a healer, then, then what's going on here? I, I need to take you with me over to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8, tells us this. God's speaking. He says, I want you to know something. I know you think you would do that. But God wants to say, I, I need you to know something, is that my thoughts, they're not your thoughts. Okay, and, and neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. Like, so you have your thoughts, but God says, I need you to know that I have different thoughts, and my thoughts are actually higher than your thoughts. In other words, I got a little bit of a better perspective than you've got. Yeah. Right? I see things from a, from a different place than you see things. And friends, I just need to invite you to this place because this is where God invites us to. It's a place where you put your faith in him. And you've just got to be okay in this Christian journey. That, that there's some things. And there's some places in your life where you're just going to have to wait for an answer. You might not get it on this side of heaven. Because his, his thoughts are higher than your thoughts. His ways are higher than your ways. And you look and you say, why? Paul the Apostle, God, why? Why are you not healing me of this thorn in my flesh? God, why? What if God said to him, Paul, it's because my, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Paul, I'm doing something through your illness and through what you're walking through. You see, I'm doing something deeper inside of you that wouldn't happen inside of you unless this was on you. And unless I just, I'm just going to hold you here, Paul. I'm going to hold you. I, I, I don't know. I don't I'm just poking at that. I don't know. God says, it's just to show you a strength. You know, I, I think that when we get to heaven, there's going to be, I know, what do you picture when you get to heaven? Like some of you are like, I know for sure there's a hallelujah chorus, like hallelujah, hallelujah, whatever you picture in heaven, right? 
But can I tell you one of the things I think is going to happen in heaven? What you're really going to hear is a whole lot of Christians walk around going, oh, 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 I, wow, okay, okay, right? Oh, I think there's going to be a whole chorus of oh happening all over heaven, right? Because his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. And so it's, it's called faith, everybody. The question is this, are you going to be okay with it in the meantime? You're just going to trust your God whose thoughts are higher than yours, whose ways are higher than yours, right? It's called faith. So when it comes to healing, I'm going to believe God for it physically. I'm going to ask him, but I'm also, at the same time, going to trust God in it. I'm going to believe him for it, but I'm going to, does that make sense? But I'm also going to trust him in it. I'm going to ask him, Paul did three times. But I'm also going to have no problem with the things I don't understand. Because I trust him in that category of my life. The things I don't understand. Put over here and go, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust that when I get to heaven or at some point, God, you will show me what it is you're up to, what you're doing. So if you're sick and you need a healing in your life physically, I want you to know I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to believe with you. I'm not going to be like, mm, I don't think God's going to do that. You're not one of the ones that God's going to heal. I'm going to believe because God tells me to. He, he invites me to, right? But at the same time, I'm also going to trust God with you no matter what he chooses to do. I've seen him heal, like I said, twice in my family, but I've also seen God choose not to. I don't know why he chooses to and not to. We'll know that when we get to heaven. But here's what I do know is that he's working all things out for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Like, God's doing that, right? Isaiah 57.1 tells us this. It says, God's people pass away. We've lost loved ones. God's people pass away. The godly often die before their time. Some of you are like, it wasn't even... But here's some things that we're, he's inviting us into his thoughts a little bit, things we can't see. But no one seems to care or wonder why. No one seems to understand that God is protecting them from the evil to come. Isn't that interesting? Like God's going, I just see some things that you don't see and you're just going to have to trust me. It was before their time, with well, our time, our time. But God just sees some things that we don't see. And so, friends, I just got to exercise faith and be okay with that. But I am going to believe with you. I'm going to lean in with you. Because 2 Timothy 4.18 tells us this. 2 Timothy 4.18 says, The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack. Amen? Come on. He said, guys, I'm going to rescue you. And then it says, And will bring us safely into his heavenly kingdom. God, are you rescuing me or are you bringing me? God says, I'm doing both. I'm doing both. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. God says, I'm going to rescue you. And sometimes the rescuing you is going to look like bringing you. You with me, church? So you need to know that when he does get you to his heavenly kingdom, when that day comes, and it will come for every believer, that you will be 100% healed. 100%. You will fully step into healing on that day. You know that the Bible, refer, you hanging with me, church? You go, okay. The Bible refers to this body over in the book of uh, Corinthians. Let me show it to you. In 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, this interesting verse. It says, for we know that when this earthly tent, someone say tent. When this earthly tent is destroyed, when it is taken down, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body, 
made for us by God himself and not with human hands. We, groan, we grow weary in our present bodies, our present tent, and we long to put on our heavenly bodies like putting on new clothes. God says, you know what, you know what God calls this thing? Look at me, everybody. Your body is not who you are. Your body's a tent. How many, God didn't say, your body is a permanent dwelling place that you're gonna have forever. No, God said, it's a tent. You know what tents do? They fall apart. No one's like dream is to like live in a tent because tents fall apart. The zippers break, they, they start leaking, they start like sagging, they start, come on. They start, like God said, and our, 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 this tent is not my permanent home. Someday I'm gonna get a, a, a heavenly body. You ever hear people talk about mansions in heaven? Come on, you gotta get a mansion, get a mansion in heaven. The Bible talks about he's gonna prepare a mansion. Listen, you need to understand something. I hate to break it to you. I know you've been picturing that you're going to get to heaven, get your Royals Royce, drive down them streets of gold up to your address, and it's like this big old, you know, mansion with a beautiful yard, and you got your, come on, you've already planned out your kitchen, you've already planned it all out, and you've got your mansion in heaven. Can I just tell you that when the Bible refers to your heavenly dwelling, your mansion in heaven, it's actually your body. You get to get a brand new body, everybody. Come on, some of you are like, thank you, God. See, that's why I don't work on this body right now on this side of the planet. I got a new one coming, right? I don't work out. It don't work out for me, you know? So you can get a new body. And for some of you, man, you carry that heck. You just can't wait. And Paul says, it's just like you can't wait to change your clothes, right? And that's going to come someday. So God sometimes chooses to heal on this side of uh, heaven. But he doesn't do it all the time. His ways are higher than our ways. But let me, let me suggest something to you that... God is, although he still heals in the physical, you need to know this, that God is more focused on the soul. God is healer, can heal physically, but you need to know when he thinks about healing, he is more focused on your soul, on the things people can't see, on the bitterness and the brokenness inside of you, on the, on the stuff you're walking through. See, do you, do you remember in Mark chapter 2 when um, those four friends brought their friend, the paralytic friend, to Jesus? He, he couldn't walk. Right? And so they're thinking, we got to get him to Jesus. So they put him on a stretcher. They go all the way to the house. The house is filled with people. And they're going like, well, we still got to get him to Jesus. I love the tenacity. We preached on that. They climb up to the roof. They go over. They dig a hole in the roof. And they lower, get this picture, they lower this man down through the roof. And they get him in front of Jesus. And everybody's looking with human eyes and going, you know what that man needs? He needs them legs healed. He needs to get up and walk. You know what the four friends are thinking? Heal my friend, heal my friend, heal my friend. They put him in front of Jesus. Jesus scans the situation, and here's what he says in the book of Mark. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven you. Everyone's going, hey, uh, so Jesus, you know, I, that's great and all, but what he needs is his legs fixed. Jesus just sees it so different. He goes, no, 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 no. Sure, I could heal the external and the temporal. But I am telling you right now, if you really could step into my perspective and see things from my perspective, when you realize that this life on earth is just a blink and there's an eternity coming, when you realize that this is all preparation for what's about to come, you will realize that what is more important than him walking right now is that his sins are forgiven. Right? And so Jesus goes, I'm going to heal you there at the point of your greatest need. And then there's the, the Pharisees are saying, well, who does he think he is? The Bible 
our Bible tells us that only God can forgive sins. And Jesus is like, well, I just happen to be him. And so, watch this, so that you know, he goes on in Mark 2, that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He tells the man, rise, take up your bed and walk. And he does. I was like, why did Jesus heal him physically? To prove that he could heal his soul. Jesus said the most important thing is that this man's soul is fixed. But so you know that I'm able to be Jehovah Rapha and to heal people where they need healing? I'll touch your body too, to let, let it forever be written in scripture, Jesus going, I'm healer. Hey, and I need you to know I am more focused on the soul. I am more focused on the soul. Listen, God wants to bring healing to your soul. Church, you with me? Like, the places inside of you that are hurting that won't show up on a CAT scan. The places inside of you that no one around you sees. And you know, those places can often hurt more. I have friends that are impaired physically, but got more joy all up inside them than people are walking around with, you know, perfectly healthy bodies. They got more going on deep inside of them than I got friends that are running around. And God says, if you're going to choose, choose to have that healed soul. Because it matters more. It matters more. God wants to heal your soul. Like the places where no one sees, it's like the, the places where you're wrestling with rejection. God says, I want to heal you there. The places of guilt, of your past mistakes, of, of the shame, of heartbreak, of grief, come on, of disappointment. When you look at your life and your circumstances and your situations, God says the things that have afflicted your soul need to meet with the God who can heal your soul I am Jehovah Rapha. God is ready and able. He's ready and able to forgive. He's ready and able to restore. He's ready and able to cleanse if you would just let him meet with you and heal your soul. God wants to whisper to your soul to remind you that you're chosen in him. Because some of you are wrestling with rejection. You're wrestling with rejection. And you got people around you in that right now, they're not choosing you. God says, I choose you. Ephesians 2 says that you're predestined, that you're chosen in him. That you're, Ephesians says that you're adopted into the family. Adopted means he, see, some of you think adoption, like, oh, you know, what it means is that they chose you. God says, I, I chose you to be a part of my family. Ephesians chapter 2 says, I've been adopted into his family. I've been accepted. I've been redeemed. Guys, listen, he's ready to bring healing to your soul. Jehovah Rapha. Only he can. Do you know that the healing our nation needs today? Do you think it's a healing of the physical? Do you think our, our nation's going to be healed when the economy gets better? Do you think the nation's going to be healed when the gas prices go down? Come on. So like, bring some healing, God, to our land. What do you think of when you think of God heal our land? Do you think of God heal our soul as a nation? The, the, the healing our nation needs is a healing of the soul. We, we need a healing of the heart of man. We, we need a healing of the, of the bitterness in the heart of man, of the rage and the hatred in the heart of man. We need a healing, come on, of the corruption that's in the heart of man. Our nation needs a healing, and the healing is a soul healing. And there's only one who carries the title of soul healer. His name is Jesus. God, Jehovah Rapha, 
And that's what our nation needs today. You need a soul healing. Our nation needs a soul healing. Jesus shows up as the soul healer. I am Jehovah Rapha. So that's why we're going to do everything we can to bring more people to Jesus, to get people around Jesus, to invite them to church, to, to just let them experience hope and life. Come on, amen. Why? Because I believe the healing of our land starts with people coming to know Jesus. We can't legislate morality, but Jesus can change a heart. Amen? Hey, children of Israel, we're going to take you on a transition. You're going to move forward from the, from the old way of which you lived under that old kingdom. We're going to move you forward into a new land, a new territory. But to do it, I need you to know me. I need you never to doubt me that I am God, your healer. Yes, I can heal physically, but I am more concerned about your soul. And what I need you to know, too, is that as your healer, I am always, always, always working in your life. I am always always mending. I'm, I'm always making the bitter waters sweet. That's always my heart. That's, that's always where I stand. God, why? God, what do you? Listen, God just says, I want you to know what I'm doing when you're asking why. What I'm doing is working to make the bitter waters sweet. I am, oh, come on, I'm always working in your life. And you need to know that. Because Bitter waters are going to come. Hello? Man, they're going to come. We live in a fallen, a broken planet. And you're going to find yourself up against something bitter. And I want you to hear what God says. He's like, I'm not afraid of that. I can work with that. Isn't it interesting that when they got up against the, the waters of Mara, God didn't go, oh, shoot, those are bitter. Let me take you to some different waters over here. God said, no, we're going to stay right here, and you're going to watch me heal that water. Isn't that interesting? Because he very well could have went, oh, wrong address. Some of you feel like that in your life, like wrong. Like, I'm just at the wrong place, wrong time. Wrong goes, no, 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 I can work with where you are. I can work with what you got. I, I, can, I can work with whatever bitterness you've been pressed up against. I, I can work with, come on, the aftermath of divorce. I can work with uh, uh, a woman being left widowed. I can, I can work with bitterness and brokenness. I can work with whatever this wicked world throws at you, whatever twists come, whatever rug got pulled out from underneath you. God says, I can meet with you right there on the banks of that water, that water, and bring those waters to become sweet. You, you have to know that. Because if you don't know that, friends, you're going to get stuck. And I meet a lot of people like this. They enter bitter times. And you're going to become one or two people. Every one of us are going to become one or two people. You're going you're to come up against hard times. I mean, name your hard time. If you can't name your hard time, you soon will be able to because it's, it's always right. Now, so look at, watch. When you get up against the bitterness, you're going to become one of two people. You're going to become either a person who gets stuck at the shores of the bitter water, and they remain bitter water. And you stay there, and you get stuck there. 
And you just, you, you meet people who've never been able to turn that page in their life. They've never been able to transition. They've never been able to move forward. They, they're, they're, they're stuck in the desert of Mara, so to speak. They're stuck at the waters of Mara. They're stuck there. They're stuck there. They're stuck there. They're stuck there. And there's people who are going to get stuck there. But the way you don't get stuck there is you remember, you let him teach you, right? You let him show you that he is your healer. And when you realize that he's your healer, I don't have to stay here. Why? Because I can move forward from here. I could take some steps into new territory because he's working in my life right now to heal my life right now, to show me himself right now. You see, I don't have to get stuck here. If I remember that he's healer, I can lift my eyes to a brighter future. If you don't know him as healer, all you're going to stare at is that bitter water. All you're going to do is stay stuck in the desert. But if you know he's your healer, it's what he teaches the children of Israel, you can lift your eyes from whatever bitterness you've been put up against. And you could start to move forward. Why? Because God's not done. See, I could still move forward because God's still not done, because God's still working. I'm still going to move forward. Why? Because he's still mending. I'm still going to move forward. Why? Because he's still repairing. He's still, come on, he's still working. I am Jehovah Rapha, God, your healer. Amen? Healer. God says, I, can, I, could, I could turn it around. I could turn it around. Well, how, God, are you going to turn it around? In the book of Exodus, they cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. A tree. And when he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. And there he made a statue and an ordinance for them. And he tested them. Remember, going to show himself to them. And this is what he said. If you diligently heed my voice, the voice of the Lord your God, and do what is right in his sight, if you give ear to his commandments and keep his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I brought on the Egyptians, for I am Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, your healer. God said to them this. Some of you are going to think it's cheesy, but you're going to remember it. God said to them this. I need you to, to apply the tree and just keep walking with me. Come on, apply the tree and just keep walking with me. How am I going to find healing? How am I going to get through this bitter time? How am I going to see God show up and mend the brokenness and turn the bitter water sweet? God says, you're going to apply a tree and keep walking with me. A tree, what tree? God is looking down through the corridors of time to a tree where Jesus Christ would give his life for humanity. A tree where Jesus would absorb in himself everything we deserve for our sins so we could be forgiven of our sins, washed of our sins, cleansed of our sins, and be brought into relationship with Jesus. A tree which allows us now to step into that relationship and invite him into everything. You see, you're going to need to apply the tree. You're inviting Jesus into the circumstance. Jesus into the situation. Applying the tree simply means this, that, that I am now going to approach this circumstance not through the lens of and through the actions of what I can do. 
Watch this, please listen. Before you give your life to Jesus, some of you in here are in that place. Before you give your life to Jesus, all you can do is what you want to do, your way. And you're going to try to heal things with your wisdom and, and your insight and your discernment and your direction. Can I just let you know up front, you keep applying you and all you're going to get is you. It's never going to get healed. But if you can in your whatever bitter situation you're up against, go, okay, I'm, I'm over me, right? I'm gonna go to the tree and I'm gonna invite Jesus. That's what the tree does. It allows us to get into relationship with Jesus. I'm gonna invite him into this and all of a sudden, I'm not left with myself. I'm not left with only the decisions I can make. I am now connected to God and can start doing something that's so important in the situations I find myself. It's called walking in righteousness, before the cross, I can't walk in righteousness. I'm far from God. I'm, I'm, I'm separated from God. But because of the tree, I now have a relationship with God. And I can walk in righteousness. And all of a sudden, I've applied the tree and the bitter waters of this world, of the circumstance, of the situation can begin to be made sweet. First Peter chapter 2, verse 24 says this. Watch. Jesus who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree. Why? So that we, having died to sin, might live in righteousness. That's the transition that happens when, the tree is in, when you come to the tree. I die to sin, and I begin to walk in righteousness. I die to my way, and I begin to live in his way. And now all of a sudden, even at the shore of those bitter waters, God starts to work. Why? Because I'm surrendered. I'm in relationship. Are you following me, everybody? The tree. Some of you need to just start by letting God wash you and cleanse you and forgive you to step into relationship with you. Oh, you don't understand how much I messed up. Then I really messed this one up. No matter how deep your sin is, his grace is still yet deeper. His goodness is still far greater. Amen? You need to come to the tree. And then he says, you keep walking with me. God said, listen to my voice. Just keep doing what's right. If you just keep my commandments and my statutes, I, I won't allow what happened to the children of Israel, the plagues, to come on you. You're going to walk a little different. You're going to have some protection from me. If you just keep, listen, you keep walking with me. Apply the tree, keep walking with me. You know, sometimes in the places of our deepest hurt, we have no idea what to do. I have no idea what to do. Some of you are in that place right now. I have no idea what to do. I think I brought you here right now just to say, listen, just keep listening to my voice. Just keep taking steps. Just keep doing what's right. Come on, just do what's right. And as you do, you keep following me, walking with me. You don't give up. You don't turn. You know, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to heal you. I'm going to restore you. Come on. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going I'm to do some stuff inside of you that wouldn't happen if you wouldn't just keep walking with me. So what's your next step? Jehovah Rapha, God is your healer. Can I please just show you one more thing? Can I show you one more thing? Can I show you one you know what God did after they applied the tree, decided to keep walking with him? I need you to see the very next verse. Then, someone say then. Then they came to Elam, where there were 12 springs 
and 70 palm trees. And they camped there near the water. God delivered them at the Red Sea. He taught them at the waters of Marah. And then he led them to Elam, the spring. You know what a spring is? It is fresh water, bubbling up, constantly flowing, unstoppable, always present, bubbling, bubbling, like the, the, the spring. And here's what God was teaching the children of Israel. If you would learn from Mara, I can lead you to Elam. If you can learn in the bitterness and learn when you're pressed up against those situations that I am God, your healer, if you would just apply the tree, keep walking with me, I will lead you to greater things. Some of you think, this is all I'm going to be stuck with. It's just some old bitter water that got healed. God's like, no, no, no. I'm actually going to, after you've learned that there, I'm going to bring you over here. I got a spring for you. I got a spring for you. Listen, in your future, there's a spring for you. But you can't get to the spring by skipping Mara. You can't get to the spring by, by going around Mara, or ditching Mara. No, you're going to learn from Mara. You're going to watch God heal Mara and bring you to the spring. To the woman at the well, Jesus said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I offer will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become a fountain of water springing up, springing up, springing up to eternal life. Jehovah Rapha, God who heals. He heals your body. He can heal your soul. Guys, and he keeps working in your life. If you're gonna move forward, you're gonna stand on who he is and you're gonna trust him for who he is. Can we thank God that he is our healer? Come on, church. That he's not left you there. That he's got a spring for you. So, get to know him. Invite him in. Jehovah Rapha. Would you pray with me?